Welcome to Angels Changing Tires. I'm your host, Yonatan Chanuchi. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Angels Changing Tires. And today, the guest for today's show is a very special guest and a very good friend of mine, Lucy Grace. How are you, Lucy? I am well. How are you? I'm well, we had some technical difficulties just before, <laughs> but we are managing to go through them. So I think, yeah, that's all good. I'm really excited actually, yeah, for this yeah. interview today. Me too, me too, I love being interviewed by friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe you want to introduce yourself for people who don't know you. Hmm. So I'm sipping tea, <laughs> just swallow my tea. So I am uh, Lucy Grace. I live in a little corner of New Zealand called Waiheke Island. Um, and I'm a, a, a poet, uh, an author, a spiritual guide. I help people open and deepen on their spiritual path. Um, although we're all that, really. We just don't realize it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Was it always like that? Were you always guiding people through their spiritual path? How do you feel? Yeah. When did it start, actually? That's such a good question. You know, nobody's ever asked me that question. I guess what comes up for me when you ask that is I think we all do that, right? We, we're all, but everything is spiritual and everything is the path and quote marks. And so, yeah, we're all teachers and the taught we're all healers and the healing we we that's what being in flesh and form is that we give each other something to push against so that we may rise yeah so we teach one another just by being just by walking yeah mm. yeah but I did I did I, I you know it has always been just a part of the fabric of who I am if I'm honest I can remember kind of <laughs> <laughs> counseling my little friends when I was a kid or I grew up um, in a really really rough neighborhood in a rough part of Hamilton in New Zealand straight the street I lived in was full of state houses and bombed out cars on lawns and I had a solo mum and we were on the benefit and you know it, poverty like that it reduces life it reduces what you can do where you can go so in many ways, I, I, I've come to think of it as kind of a, a welfare child ashram, you know, even though I never thought of it like that most of my life until the last few years. I didn't know about ashrams. I didn't know about any of that. But there was so much um, violence and mm. poverty and brokenness and pain on the outside of my body. Uh, in childhood that the, the only place for me to really go was within I felt like the place to go for nourishment was was my own heart was stillness and I just kind of instinctively did that a lot I was an only child and um, as I say my mum had me at 20 and she was always busy and, and in a lot of pain herself carrying a lot of wounding from really difficult upbringing herself and so pretty pretty disconnected some of the time like gardening and cooking and cleaning and busy like a single mum would be 
So it, it was a gift in so many ways. Like I didn't have many toys because we were so poor and I didn't have debt. We didn't even have a car, you know. I definitely didn't have holidays. We often, I went without food and we would have to sell the furniture to be able to pay for food sometimes or pay for medical treatment. And so we'd be sitting on the floor in the cold and, you know, and, and sometimes we, we had we had enough and it was fine. And But because of all that, I, I kind of couldn't enter the world in the same way as those who have access. That's the thing about resource. It gives you resources. It gives you access to life. Like I was kind of on the sidelines in this house and we can look at that in a myriad of ways. But the way I, I see it is it was one of the deepest gifts of my life. It was bloody hard. It was fucking hard at the time. Yeah. But it meant that there was no nourishment outside of me. I couldn't find myself in the people in my neighborhood. I couldn't find myself in mm. my mother. She had bipolar and um, kind of undiagnosed, and but really up and down and would rage and then weep. And then so I, I just would turn inward, turn inward and kind of orbited her pain in many ways. And then tried to just get space for to connect with what I thought of as as God. I called it God in that childlike way. And um, yeah, now I think of it as life force, God, consciousness, great spirit, awareness, whatever you want to call it. The light that lives inside everything. And I learned to go there to be filled, to be nourished, to find connection. I could only find myself there. I couldn't find myself in the eyes of the people around me. Um, so that's where I went. And so I was always cultivating that place, that that deep stillness. And yeah, little friends would, and I had a lot of light, you know, I was always quite happy. Like I said before, it was painful in childhood. There was a loneliness and a yearning that's maybe part of the human condition, but I also mostly had so much joy and, and that's true. That's just true. I have no, that's not a virtue. I have no idea why that was, mm -hmm. um, but people talk of anxiety in childhood or, or teens and yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't my experience, but um, we had a lot of break-ins. There were a lot of gangs in the neighborhoods and they had to do things to kind of get into gangs, young kids and stuff when I like teenagers mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. yeah lots and lots of violence we were broken into all the time so we had bars on the windows locks on the inside of doors we had big horns beside our bed that we could blow and everybody in the neighborhood knew it was just mum and I so we were kind of sitting ducks with no man in the house so getting yeah. break broken into was kind of every couple of weeks um, and wow. some of them were extremely violent when I was eight somebody tried to rape mum in front of me in order to get into a gang. So he, he broke in to, to do that. And, but um, So there was a lot going on outside of me. And yet I would always kind of return to base, this kind of joy and this lightness and this just reverence, reverence for life. It was just kind of in me and of me. And, yeah, poverty helped with that, relative poverty. Um, it helped with that. Not having a car meant we walked everywhere and, we could look at the trees and the, you know, and, and this might sound really Pollyanna-ish and I don't even mean it that way because there was a real grit and a real 
sense of the re- the harsh realities of life. I wasn't protected from anything, but I could take it all in, and I yet I still could see and feel the beauty. So that's the gift of that childhood, and it enabled me to really feel comfortable being with suffering, being with you know when when I did suffer, when my mum suffered. When the people in my neighborhood went hungry, when anyone suffered, I could be with that because I was used to being exposed to that. And I didn't turn mm. away from it in myself mm. and I didn't turn away from it in others. So that I guess that's partly what led me into the different careers I've had. Yeah. Is the sense that suffering is, is a crucible in many ways. It's a fire that we, we burn into deeper being and deeper existence and yeah it wasn't something to be turned away from wow (laughs) wow what a story thank you so much for sharing that and you know it's really big i feel and like i know you you know like so the person that i see today when i'm hearing that story i'm like that's such a shift in a way but in your eyes based on what you're saying you know going through those harsh time or pain or suffering as you just named was actually why you have become the person that you've become today mm. like that what was allowing you to step into is is it true that's what you feel that's right absolutely and we all suffer to be human is to suffer and people's suffering looks different on the outside mine looks dramatic and sounds dramatic but you know just having a mother say you could grow up with all the resources in the world, a beautiful home and private schools. But if your mother ignored you most of that time, mm. maybe she cooked and cleaned, but she she was completely shut down and couldn't love you. What mm. deep suffering, you know? Mm. My mum loved me deeply. So I had a hungry belly, but I had a full heart. She loved me. Mm. Um, and so we all suffer in different ways. I've come to see... We all walk our own wars here. That's what being in flesh means, you know, is to come here and these human lives, we tend to accumulate some sort of suffering in our first 20 or 30 years. And then we go through this period of being invited by life to heal, to come into healing, to turn toward that which aches, the orphans in us. And sometimes we say no to that invitation. We're like, no, no, I'm 30 years older. And we push it down. And so we get anxious, we get depressed, or we get sick. Until, and life keeps asking, will you heal now? Will you turn toward you? And we reach outward. We reach for booze and drugs and another pair of parted legs, gambling, whatever our thing is, the next promotion, the next romance the big house, whatever we buy into, to be the thing that will save us from ourselves, that will Mm. save us from Mm. our suffering until we finally realize none of that stuff works. Nothing on the outside of me can fix or knit together the divisions on the inside of me or heal what's inside of me. And finally, hopefully, we turn inward. And in that suffering we accumulate at the beginning of life, we start healing and it alchemizes into our deepest gifts for the world. And some people never do that, right? Some people, they're they're on their deathbed and they're bitter and they're hardened 
and they're shut down and they die that way. And some people do it really early. They take they take the first invitation and others of us, we, we bumble through and get there in pieces, but we do mm. our best. We're always deepening. We're always healing. So this suffering is, is not our brokenness. It's our beauty. It's our gifts. Yeah. So what's the solution for you then? If you feel like, you know, the, I get I get your point about that, you know, like that we will try to feel something that is empty from the inside, from stuff that will come from the outside, another romance, another more money, a house, something. Yeah. And we will end up with those things. And then, you know, our emptiness will still be there because it's from within. Now, like from you, from what I heard somehow you had that wisdom as a kid to know that place within, you know, like to turn inward, <laughs> which in a way you're saying is because of how you grew up, right? You had nothing to look out from, from the outside. So you understood you had only the inside, which by itself is an incredible insight for a child, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I actually you know? had that, that kind of conscious insight. As yeah. A child. Yeah, fact, so how I was didn't. it? Yeah. yeah. It was more a movement of the spirit more than conscious thought or mm. being able to formulate words. Obviously, this is in hindsight, me looking back. I can yeah. say that. It was more just a movement of the spirit. It was more grace, you know. It wasn't – There was, it was a choiceless choice. There was nothing on the outside to nourish me, so I would go inward. Like, this is the place I can, I can find a sense of peace, a sense of connection, you know, the food of the soul – plants reach for light right it's an organic impulse we so how reach... do you do that how people can do that now people that listen to us speaking that you know mm -hmm. like and i'm i'm not saying that some practice meditation and yoga and many other forms to do that but yeah. what what's the first i don't know tip or your insight or something as a first step to give to someone that feels in those shoes in that same situation what what can they do? Because I think a lot feel really desperate in that situation, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, I spent my life after that working in humanitarian aid for 15 years. I had a career for big international charities going to, mm. going to wars and going to cyclones and going to orphanages, just the, the most dire corners of the world, you know, where suffering was rife. People mm. had lost everything, seeing children, babies chained to cots, just the worst suffering you can imagine I went to. And in many ways, I was just trying to save the orphan in me, you know, so it's not like I was perfect at this stuff. It's not like I was a genius at it. We do our best. We do our fucking best and we bumble through. But what I now that it's my job, I actually do this for a job now, helping people turn inward. And what I see is still this culture of uh, maybe spirituality can save me from myself, mm. from the challenges of being human. You know, and it becomes the next thing, like the house or the, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just wow. becomes the next thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So true. But, so, so like, true. Uh, you know, there's this counterculture, right? I'm not in the matrix. I'm yes. And it's the same thing. Out, yeah. The pop culture. I'm in this counterculture of spirituality. But that does not mean 
just because we have the animal skin drum, the bohemian dress, <laughs> or the tattoos, <laughs> long hair. Wow. I'm taking the piss out of you and I now because you have the long hair and the tattoos. <laughs> I'm bohemian dress and the tattoos. Like, we do have those. But just because we have those things doesn't mean we have a true, raw, deep connection with spirit, right? With with the truth of us. Just so, because we're so like, true. in the counterculture to get out of people, some people call it the matrix. I call it collective trance. Like mm. to step out of collective trance just because we're, yeah, going against the grain. It doesn't mean that we've really found the truth of ourselves, all of ourselves, and then can walk as it, move as it in the world. So you're asking me how people find this. And that longing, you know, wanting to reach, reach for life, light and life is innate. It's inherent in evolution, right? Life's highest priority is to evolve. And so life in us wants to evolve. It yearns for that, but we don't know how. And the mistake I see a lot in my work with clients is this, I can do enlightenment or I can do spirituality. Okay, we're going to do all these different kinds of meditations, the body scanning, the vipassana, the this, the that. I'm going to do tapping. I'm going to do massage. I'm going to do fucking Wim, Wim Hof breath work, read all the books. And it's kind of this doing. And meanwhile, the truth of our being is calling for us to simply turn the light around, as the Zen monk said, turn the light around from outside in and simply go there to your heart. And I can't tell you what's right for you because I think there's a different path for every unique being. The paths are as unique as we are. There's a thousand ways to pray and way leads on to way. You know, there's a thousand paths to the God in us. Mm. But what there isn't, what we what we need to do is is reorient our voice from, from prioritizing the external knowing to prioritizing the internal knowing. That was the gift my childhood gave me because wait, wait, I need to digest that. Wow, that was <laughs> yeah. really, really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there is a big, big point here of something that you said, you know, it's the um, I see that as a culture thing, you know, like people just chasing from one healing to another, to this method, to that method. If I'm going to learn this, if I'm going to learn that, if I'll have this crystal and yeah, it's not about that. It's just not about that. And anyone in any place can just do it, can just turn inward and just listen into your own heart and your own truth based on what I'm understanding from you. That's right. That's yeah. right. So we stop. There's a point. And look, seeking is part of it. Whether we know we're seeking and call it seeking, I didn't. I had no concept of the spiritual path. None. I didn't. I thought meditation was for those hippies under trees. I was yeah. in fucking orphanages. In my mind, I was like, I'm yeah. fucking hands in the dirt. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm mm. busy loving. Actually, there was a lot of trauma buried in me, and I was chasing it all over the world to get away from it. You know, but 
So I didn't have any concept of seeking, and yet the seeking mechanism is natural. I want to know truth. I used to have these dreams, like, and I'd stop people in the dreams, these lucid dreams, and I'd say, tell me the truth. Why am I here? What are we doing here? And I would yearn for that. And we all do. And so this seeking, this grasping outside of ourselves, it is so normal, so natural. By no means am I putting that down. It's, you know, that cheesy um, that cheesy metaphor of the caterpillar turning into a butterfly. And we see the caterpillar in the cocoon and it wrestles. It mm. wrestles with itself. Now, we can't get its sacred process. That caterpillar turns into that butterfly in its own time. We can't rip it out of the cocoon and mm. scream at it, why won't you be a butterfly? <laughs> It'll die. Wow. So if someone's seeking deeply with the crystals, awesome, all power to you, do that, do your thing. But there comes a point where either life brings us so much fucking suffering that we are on our knees open right that we we some of us know that place we're on our knees to god and i say god loosely it's the term i use yeah we're on our knees like help me i'm open and it opens us the grace of suffering so that might happen or it might be that we're smashing the seeking and we just get so frustrated that something implodes in us and we stop and we finally go inward but life will bring us there in some way form or shape because life is the path in this school of life that we're in in form we came into bodies like how fucking miraculous we wove flesh around spirit so we could walk here as a body this is the path every single thing we do encounter and are is the path so we're on it whether we know it or not it's hilarious every single yeah. person is yeah and so what is what is what is this spirit to you know some people can hear us right now you know like and you're saying we are a body with mm-hmm. with spirit mm-hmm. and they are saying look lucy it's all great and it's beautiful what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't believe in that bullshit. You know, there is just yeah. a body. There is, what, what is it for you? What, what's your I would say, listen, don't believe in it. <laughs> for sure. It's not about yeah. the other person. It's more, no, I'm curious no. to know for you what that term means, you know, because you said you call it God, you call it spirit, you call it many different names. But what is that thing for you that you are connecting with? It's that which I am. Yonatan, it's that which I am. It's the light that lives inside everything in a rock, in me. I am God. I am that. It's life force. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think you can access that only through, like, because now we kind of spoke it's a question I'm asking myself because I, 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 I kind of have an answer for that. Like we just said that normally suffering or really intense, unbearable kind of emotions will get us to, to, to do that, you know, like, like that we really pushed to the edge and then kind of our only choice is to go inward. Mm-hmm. In, in a way, there is a part of me who's saying only through 
experiencing certain amount of pain or whatever you want to suffer in, that mm-hmm. will turn us inward. Like otherwise, if everything would be just nice and easy, I think I'm not sure that someone will turn inward. But there is another part of me who's saying, no, we don't learn only through pain. We also learn through joy or pleasure. What do you That's think? right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there are many portals, many portals to deepening and opening. And I don't think there's an end point. I think we have shifts and openings for our whole lives. Some people like concepts like enlightenment and things. I don't. I don't buy into those things. It doesn't mean I'm right. (laughs) I might change my mind tomorrow, but that's just where I sit. And, yeah, I think there are many portals, and I think life can invite us to go dancing. Like, Mm. why don't you learn this lesson or integrate this deepening or open in this way through pleasure and it will invite us but often we grip don't we we grasp to the old ways we're afraid of change we can't let go of that love say that's you know broken our heart we cling Mm. and we you know all the things Mm. and so we suffer and often it takes that i have a friend who broke her back and she says it's the best thing that ever happened to her you know life will often whisper come this way Leave that job. Leave now while you're on a high, but you know it's done. You know you're finished with that. It's not true for you anymore. Move in truth. Leave. And we go, no, 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 we hold on. We don't listen to the whisper. So that's the point where we could step into a new emergence with pleasure. You know, we could go dancing, but often we have to go dragged (laughs) because we'll be like, no, no, no. And We resist. You know? Like <laughs> life going to push us from the ear, pull us from the ear. <laughs> yeah, we get our back broken because she, she often talks about the years where life was whispering and then had, life got a, like a pot and smashed her over the head and she still wasn't listening. She had to break her back and be in hospital for months to actually go inward, you mm. know. So, so there are many portals. There are so many portals. Mm. There's no one way. There's no right way. I have no investment in anyone thinking what I think because you're going to see things differently, but it's fun to talk. Exactly. Definitely, like, for everyone is different. I think, though, it's really interesting to hear stories and see how you connect to that and what's your way, your color, to have an inspiration. And for some people who might be saying, oh, wow, actually, I also did that, but I thought, I don't know, they were embarrassed or thinking that it's crazy or weird or whatever and see that... You know, that there is space for that. Yeah, and there's just so much within us. You know, like we we can spend so much time seeking outside. And really what it comes down to is our own wants, what's inside. And that's wherever we go. We take that wherever we go. So Mm. we can actually have the big house, the car, the beautiful dresses, the animal skin drop. All the things we love and that bring us joy and pleasure and this is beautiful, the relationship. We can have fun with different people and do it. This is all beautiful. It's only if we are thinking that that's going to rescue us from ourselves, you yeah. know, yeah. or that without that big house or that promotion, I'm nothing worthless. Yeah. Then yeah. we're attached to it all. So we can have it. 
I mean, you've lived at my house for six weeks once. You, you've seen my house. I love my, I have a beautiful house and I love it. But, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, that's if true. it left tomorrow, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure there'd be an adjustment time, but it, it doesn't make me because my own heart, my own being is the temple, right? What's within us is the temple that we take everywhere. And everyone has their own framing for life. I never want to put mine on someone else, but. For me, I take that to the next life, the next life, and the next life. So that that's where I focus. And, yeah, we can do the tapping. We can do the things outside as well. Read the books, mm, get the nourishment. Mm. But if we're not also going inward, and that's what I see with a lot of my clients, that's the, the difference is when we start saying, hey, I'm not going to dress this up for you. You have to turn inward. You, you know? Oh, but I don't like it. I just feel anxious. I just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got to turn inward. <laughs> that mm. might look like a walk in the woods without headphones. That might look like lying on the beach, listening to the waves and your own breath. It mm. doesn't have to be Vipassana, you know, whatever. Yeah. Do it your way, but just do it. Turn it's cool. Our hearts are calling for us. You know, the, the way that we live now, the, the, we move so fast that we enter this collective trance on a daily basis and we, we feel lost. We feel anxious in that place. And what we're lost from is ourselves. We're lost from us when we feel that. So reconnecting means reconnecting with, with the truth of my being, that I may listen, that I may listen to life, what it's trying to tell me, the symbols that come in my dreams or with other people, that I may create space enough to hear what wants to move through me now. Yeah, and mm. when we're moving fast, we can't. There's such a beauty in making space to listen. W were you always like that, listening inward? I was, and then I went off that path For a while, I was carrying a lot of trauma, obviously, from my childhood. And, uh, yeah, from about, there was a period in my late teens and 20s. I had a huge awakening at 19 where kind of the personal self fell away. Like Lucy, the idea of Lucy, I just, it, it was a big experience where I saw My skin melt away. I was just sitting in the window of my of my flat, and I, I I had never taken drugs or plant medicine or anything like that. These things have just happened to me all my life without those those things. And my skin fell away. It melted away. It was a vision. <clears throat> I could see. Oh my God! I'm not Lucy. I could see that I'm the all of me. And then I looked out to the sky. And I could see a string of black silhouetted people holding hands, like paper chain silhouettes. Mm. And I knew they were my lives. I knew they were me. And I had never been introduced to the concept of reincarnation. I would not have called it reincarnation then. I just knew that they were my lives. I can just say what the experience was. And after that, I felt a huge amount of grief. I had this thought, that can't be right. Otherwise, there'd be a way that I could drop this body if I had other lives. And then I realized, oh, fuck, that's death. We do drop the body. 
Um, and I had, you know, and then I went through a lot of grief for, for a few days or a week or so of, of really grieving. My God, I'm not Lucy. And there was this detachment. But then I kind of went on with living. It wasn't, it was a, it was a really deep awakening. I started seeing spirits at that time and that lasted for a decade. I could feel what others felt, things like that. Feel the reverence for all of existence. There was a deep calm, a deep joy, all of those things. But consciousness was still located through a body mind in that at that time it was a very different thing to these things that happened to me later in life so mm. after even after all that happened um there was a time i was more disconnected from myself and i think of that as being disconnected from our authenticity from our truth and i think sometimes that's the path so i went to london i um i was in a relationship with somebody i loved very deeply but as a, almost like a best friend um, I ended up being with him for 16 years. We married and had a little girl. He was more, yeah, family than lover. But consciously, I didn't know that. Consciously, I loved this man deeply. And he, he was the first safe man that I had really known. And I had a deep compassion for that little girl who grew up in the hood and, and needed that safety and that beauty. He's just a wonderful person. We're still really good friends and um, we share our daughter. But but if I had really been true, I was too afraid to be. But if I had been, I would have known that I have to be brave and I have to step away. I made many brave choices, really authentic choices in my life. I left a career as a TV journalist when I was 20, 22 or something. For one news and everybody thought I was nuts but I knew it wasn't true you know I knew I was like this isn't true for me I had this allegiance to truth in many ways but in my 20s I went through this phase of a lot of drinking a lot of partying a lot of numbing numbing the pain that was buried in my body you know there, there are the stories that we tell with words but there are the stories that live in our bodies yeah. and our, our systems are innately intelligent and mine knew that it wasn't ready to let all that trauma of my childhood that I had put inside me because it was too much to deal with at the time. My body wasn't ready to let that out. It was going to do that later. So at that time, I was moving from wounding. When we carry traumas in the body, and we all do until, until we start our healing journeys, then we move from that wounding in the world. We suffer and we often inflict suffering, even when we're not conscious of it. Mm. So there was a time where I still sat with my own heart a lot. I was still pretty introverted, you know. I'm kind of an extroverted introvert. People always think I'm an extrovert, but really I'm, I love silence. I love being alone. And so I still did a lot of that, but, but, not in this way, not with this deep, deep connection. I, Yeah, I, I carried the connection always, but there were times the volume was down a bit, right? Like all of us, I think that happens for all of us. And sometimes we have to lose ourselves to, to really come home to ourselves in the end. Then is there even an end? Kind of goes on and on like this, contraction, expansion, mm. contraction, expansion. Yeah. 
And then, so you reckon it was a natural process of like coming out of like that deep inner listening and then coming back to that was just a thing that was happening. You didn't put many, put much effort or chasing that or something like life no, kind of led you towards yeah, that. I never efforted. I didn't know about meditation. I didn't, I wasn't interested in any of it. It was kind of on the peripherals, the sidelines of my life. I was I had a decade in London and Ireland and traveling through Europe, working for these big NGOs, and I was busy. What I do know, looking back, is I loved. I loved so deeply, and that's not fashionable to say. It's not. People have a, a deep fear of love, you know, of that word. They think of it as kind of saccharine and fluffy and a bit fake or bullshit. But it's for me, it was always this really alive, true innocent mighty fierce thing that i i just had in my body and i needed somewhere to put that love yeah. i remember being on the tube the the kind of subway the train on in london and i would just get overwhelmed with body to body you know everybody's and i'm five foot one so i'd be under someone's armpits and everyone yeah. <laughs> the tube but i i i loved it i loved being near humans I've always had this deep, true love of human beings. And I'd be on the tube and I used to call them love bubbles would just rise and rise and rise in me. And I would just think wow. I want to hold these people. I want to hold them and just wow. tell them that it's all going to be okay. I often had thoughts like that, even when I was in my own kind of, I call them the lost years, the years with just a lot of drinking, a lot of every day in the pub. Yeah. Um you know, a lot of a lot of pain, and even then, I still had a lot of love. And so, I'd go to the orphanages, go to these different places. And years later, after the really big awakenings that happened for me, years years later, I read a quote from Osho, and at the time, I had no idea who that dude was. It yeah. just <laughs> somehow this quote came across my path, and it said, "There are two, there are two paths: meditation or love." Mm. and I remember kind of going oh fuck that's what happened to me <laughs> for the longest time I was like what happened to me but I, I loved I loved I loved and I practiced loving you know I would go yeah. to the orphanages and I would hold the orphans and look I'm not trying to cast myself as some fucking Madonna I, I, I'm not I'm deeply imperfect you know I make mistakes and you're saying that you're also yeah. mentioning that yeah 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 but, but I did love, and it is true, and I don't know. I think that was my path, the path of the heart. I think just just mm. going toward human suffering, and it would open me, deepen me, show me to myself, show me my edges, mm. the places I couldn't love, the places I shut down. I still have those, right? But but that that seemed to be my path, and I would return to silence. And this is this is something like I'm sorry if I'm cutting you. It's just no, so so clear. <laughs> it's just so clear. Like you sharing your story, there is one thing that goes along all of it, which to me feels like surrender. You have something yeah. in everything that you're sharing that you are like water, you know. 
you let life take you. You're not like clinging in and trying to be, that's what needs to be done. Or I'm going to follow this. Or, you know, it's all about not drinking or yes, drinking or this or that. You letting life lead you more than anything else. There is Absolutely. a deep, deep sense of surrender. Very feminine also. And so I was just going to say it's the feminine path, which I would never Very have named it. But we receive life. Yeah. Right, we open. It's a it's a path of receivership, of listening, of of reading the runes of our life. And you know? it takes a deep trust, though, which seems yeah, like it does. You have, you know, like because because everything you shared looks like you just let yourself be led. You trust. That's right. There's a there's a trust in the benevolence of life, and this is what I'm often working with with my clients. I didn't realize I had that. I really didn't. But what I've realized through my client work is that if you say you had a really critical father, a mortal father here in flesh, mm-hmm. who was really critical, then subconsciously you can equate God, life, as critical. So we can't, there's no way I'm going to fall back into the arms of that guy. I'm not going to surrender to, mm. to, to the, the critical father in heaven, right? So we get these imprints deep in our bodies, deep in our soma, in our flesh, that life is not to be trusted, mm. that I'm not good enough to be loved. Like if I surrender, I'm not going to be caught because I'm somehow bad and I need to atone. You know, we have all of these imprints from our from our childhoods and I personally it's just my thinking and nobody has to buy into this but for, I think from our past lives carried in the energy body so all of these imprints these fears so why would I trust life when life sees me as not good enough when life knows how fucking inadequate I am mm. when life is critical when like so I was Deeply, deeply lucky in that I had this kind of incubator, this womb of a childhood. You know, I wasn't really conditioned because we went nowhere. We had no books, no music. There wasn't, I had some, a few books, don't get me wrong, from from the secondhand shop where my mum worked. I had some books on the Vietnam War. And so it wasn't like that, but really we didn't have encyclopedias. We didn't have a television very much every now and then we got a television and we had to sell it i didn't have condition from the outside world i was unconditioned i didn't have an idea that i had to be skinny from culture because i wasn't in culture (laughs) right i didn't have an idea that i had to be um a certain way to be loved I felt loved. My mother loved me deeply. So I felt lovable and I felt, I think her imprint of just unconditional love, I took as life's imprint. I took as as what life thinks of me. Life loves me too, Mm. you know. And so I could fall back into the arms of grace I don't know. We put words around things, don't we? We wrap words and story around things. Who knows? What I do know is exactly what you said, and this is why you and I end up chatting and chatting till 2 (laughs) a.m. Because 
you, I love how you saw that because it's absolutely been my experience has been that, that I listen to life and I move with it. You move with it. And I you do trust because the most important thing is being true. And you taught me so much around that. Like for me personally, to hear that is a big um, inspiration, a big inspiration yeah. to trust, to not try to, like, you know, my state of being when I'm coming to the world is like, I'm super independent, you know, I need to create everything for myself. And if I'm not mm -hmm. going to do something for myself, no one's going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. You know, which there is a lot of power in that in a way, because I'm not waiting for something to happen. If I want something to happen, I will make it happen. Yeah. But there is a lot of loneliness and there is a lot of feeling like everything is on your shoulder. Yes. And by speaking with you, especially like, when was it? Last week, two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When we met up, M maybe you can share a bit about that because it was very interesting. We spoke about um, abundance. Um yeah. Mm, you have to remind me. I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah. I remember I'll, where the cafe. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. What we, yeah, <laughs> we were in the cafe and um, <clears throat> you constantly repeated the, the connection to grace and let life flow through me, you know, to ask. You kind of implement in me the idea of prayer. Mm -hmm. Whatever prayer means for me, not the whatever religious way. Um, That's right. Yeah, and like you kind of helped me shift an idea that prayer is maybe selfish or egoistic mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. just actually saying, no, I want to allow life to flow through me. I want to allow That's creation, it. creator, whatever. That's it. To be with me and to feel its presence. Yes. And to be honest, I did that and... It shifted some things. <laughs> I'll tell you in another talk. But yeah, it, it, it That's did. Deeply, deeply. It yeah, really tell did. Me how... <laughs> yeah. And um, and you called it grace, and I see you the way you yes. engage with life. It's like you have a lot of grace, around. and it's also your name, <laughs> Lucy Grace. <laughs> and it's so <laughs> funny, you know, like you are Lucy Grace and. It looks like grace just walks with you because you have that trust. What, what what do you think about grace, actually? What 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 is grace to you? Grace is grace is that which I am, but it's higher intelligence. Ah, so it, it's coming back to I, that spirit. It, ca it comes back to the definition of what yeah, is absolutely. spirit. Mm. Life force. That's right, and and the way I see it is this. That I am that, I am an angel, I am God, I am all the things, call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. I am that. But for for some reason that this little human brain can't know, because this human brain, this body, is like a reduction valve for consciousness, right? So I am that and I've chosen to come into a being and joy and pleasure pleasure at existing <laughs> at being you know so in this body little lucy's plans and ideas are laughable they're laughable jonathan <laughs> like mm. how could lucy know the arrogance of, of 
Lucy saying, I'm going to, you know, write a script and then make myself follow it and I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I yeah. don't know because higher intelligence, life knows more than I can know and it's grace. So then there's a giving over. We move from this place of what do I want, which starts to seem so small and laughable, to what does life want? And that's kind of the drone's eye view or the God's eye view. It can see everything, all the people on the planet, all their sufferings, all their joys, making love, fucking, eating, crying, laughing, funerals, births. This majestic movement of the life, it can see, life force, grace can see all of it. So if I open my body minds, my physical body, energy body, heart, and say, I'm yours, move me as you will. I can do that because I know without a doubt that life knows best here. And that's not a giving over as a kind of um, uh, giving in or giving away responsibility. Mm -hmm, it's a co-creation. Mm -hmm. It's a very powerful yeah. embodied place. I say, use my hands, use any humble skill of mine that you may find worth something. Use it for your work. I love and I want to be love moving. Mm. So show me, move me where to go. Show me what you want. And then I give my preferences. I say, and I quite, you know, like it's not like I give away my life, my autonomy. I still choose. I love poetry. I love it just for no other reason than it makes me happy. <laughs> to, yeah. I don't write poems to be a poet. I write poems for the life they bring into my body. Wow, right? The joy. Wow, wow. And so I say, like, and this is what I need. Like, take me, take my skill, and I mean it. That's the trick we have to do. It has to be earnest. We have to mean it. We're not doing this to be fucking famous or a spiritual teacher, yes, quote marks, yes, yes, or well-known, yeah. or the the hot girl at the festival leading the fucking show. <laughs> and you know, if that's if that's our true intention, life sees that, and we will yeah. be taught and shown and and showing what is important and it will probably involve suffering <laughs> you know, if our intention is everything here so if our intention is clear and earnest let me serve mm, mm, my mm, god mm, the way life can move the way this is just moves. so fucking delicious everything you yeah just it's juicy and it's beautiful it's so beautiful and it's it, it shifted my mind so much because <clears throat> It's like what you're saying right now to me is the exact opposite from an ego. You know, like it's mm. let, you know, allow life to lead me. And exactly. the funny thing is for me, I was never asking or talking or praying and saying that between mm -hmm. me and myself, because I thought that this is egoistic. In my own view of the world, you know, like why would I ask from life, you know, give it to someone else kind of. But, but that's the ego thinking mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, little Jonathan can go and do my things and just follow mm -hmm. stuff and like have this bigger understanding. This is the ego. Mm -hmm. This is the ego. And mm -hmm. what you're saying, first, like, I think it's the only way to actually get you 
to touch and do something profound, you know, in in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like completely not coming from you. It's like it's coming through you. Not from the from pulse of existence. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's what I said to you. That's right. It's coming through me, not from me. Through you. Po- that's yes, what you said. The pulse of existence. And the pulse of existence is a power unmatched. You know? It's a power unmatched. I mean, the miracles are ridiculous. The things ridiculous. that have come in my life. And there's a there's a kind of a marriage to the authenticity of you. A marriage to the truth of you that is part of the recipe of this. So that's so that listening, that silence with with our own being, however that looks for you, it might be fucking surfing, but yeah, you're, true, you're true. Low and you hear yourself. It doesn't have to be true. sitting cross-legged, whatever it is, but you know, only you know actually. Yeah. You could sit 10 days in Vipassana and be thinking about what you're gonna make for dinner, right? True, true, true. It doesn't true. on the outside, how it looks doesn't matter. But that true connection with you, you start to see what's true for you. What's my that, and we stop orienting on the outside mm, in that mm, place, mm. right? We stop prioritizing external feedback from a spiritual teacher, mm. from someone on a podcast, <laughs> from mm-hmm. from our parents, from our boss, from culture. Wow. We stop prioritizing what that person is telling me is right for me. And we start prioritizing internal feedback. So what do I hear? And we hear the craziest whispers. What I heard was the truth of you, Lucy, is to leave this marriage. Mm. The truth of you is to leave this career. I had 15 years in aid work. You know, I had built up with the hard, hard work to be leading big teams for international NGOs. And to leave that was crazy. To leave my marriage to a good man who I didn't really fight with, (laughs) who loved me deeply, Mm, 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 who had moved mm. from Ireland to be with me, you know, who I had a four-year-old daughter with. It was crazy to to the little one. But I knew that the truth of me was speaking. So it takes listening to the truth of you, however however that feels, and, and getting to really hear prioritize that internal feedback and the more we listen to that the stronger it gets and you know what that's why i think also grace flows through you so effortlessly because you're not only on the receiving part you're also on the doing part you know so the first part is you listen and you kind of really subtly understanding in a really subtle way what is my truth But then it's up to you if you're going to do it or not. The same way, although you knew that it was a very hard decision to separate from that relationship with the mother of your daughter, you could have not acted upon that. That's right. And every time we don't, Mm. part of us dies. Every time we stay in that job that we know, somewhere quiet in us, there's a whisper, this is not you. It's Mm. time to go. Every time we block our emergent, a part of us dies and we see dead people all around us. I think of them as the dead walking, right? The dead walking, I see them. And they've shut down and shut down and shut down so often that they no longer hear themselves. And you can see the life force out of them. They have another baby and another one, that person. And is it reversible though, those... 
Always, always. So yeah, like I've seen people really dear to me stay in jobs because they get external credit for them, street cred, you know. They have, so the man I was married to was such an alive fire juggler when I met him when we were in our early 20s, got a job at a bank and and got a lot of money fast and a lot of credit from his family and his friends and, the, and had to shut off his feelings to remain in that job because it was so fucking painful for such an alive creature to be in that environment. Mm. So he shut, instead of leaving, he shut himself off. He disconnected from him and over the years died and died and died. And you literally see the color go from someone's face. You see the joy leak from them because they put themselves away for another day. People all around us do this. I did this for a little bit in London over that period. We stop listening to the truth of us. Then we listen and like you so beautifully said, Mm. we hear it but we might not act on it right mm. and every time we make that choice of allegiance to a lie we die a bit we lose something mm. but if the opposite is true every time and it happens in increments you see can we can we recover absolutely that happens today that happens in increments the whisper might be don't eat that that makes you sick the whisper might be don't smoke that spliff that mm. makes you anxious the whisper might be, that girl is not right for you. Go the other way. And the mm. thing that holds us back, the thing that owns us is fear. So if we can meet the fear, then we are free. And that is liberation. When we are free to be all that we truly are, the wholeness of us, that is liberation. So we hear the truth of our being. And then we walk as the truth of our being. So we make the hard decisions. So I was crying. I was grieving. What? I have to leave this man? And I loved him. It's my mm-hmm. family, like a brother, you know. He's everything. We had our home. We had our daughter. This career, I love that career. You know, but I knew. Yeah. And I, knew I had to be true. So I walked it. It doesn't mean it's easy. There can be pain, to be honest. A lot of that wasn't as painful as I thought. I had this like, oh, my God, this is going to be. And actually, you think you're jumping off a cliff and you're only stepping off a sidewalk. You step off and you're like, huh, actually, I feel so liberated from, yeah. this, from this and this. and that. You know you know this. We're, we're, um, yeah, so we move through these transitions and these portals and every time we step closer to the truth of us, we increase our wholeness we, we, we connect us with us and then we move as that potency in the world and we trust life to catch us. I knew. And how do you find the courage? How do you find the courage to go with the truth? Because normally, at least in my experience, yeah. that whisper, that voice that tells us to do something, normally it's going to be the hardest decision. From all yeah. the options around, that's going to be the hardest one. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's how it is. Otherwise, we would have done it if it was exactly. Otherwise, exactly. Otherwise, we would all be in our space and everything would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I think it requires a lot of bravery and like this kind of warrior essence. Like, I'm gonna jump. I'm jumping. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm jumping. How do you personally, Lucy, find that courage or that bravery? What helps you? I think there's a few things in it. And the, the one biggest thing 
is that we all get to a place where the thing that really matters is being true. I have to be true. I, I cannot pretend anymore. There's a point where we want to. I didn't divorce my ex-husband. I divorced my inauthenticity. I divorced that whole way I was living. There comes a point where our commitment is to the emergence of us. It has to happen. Life forces in our bodies wanting to move. The pulse of existence wants to birth. It has to. And so is it courage? Yes. The little one, the human needs courage. But I am more than human. Right? So all that I am, my ultimate self, all of existence is what I truly am. The human is the smallest part of me. So all that I am tends the human. She feels scared. I don't stop any of that. I don't bypass that. My God, I would all that I am would tend the human in her suffering. Mm. All that I am wraps her in love and says, you can do this. And she, God, Yonatan, like, this has not been some, you know, blissful, fucking orgasmic. Yeah, it's been really the real deal. Like, yeah. I left with a four-year-old by myself. Yeah, yeah. I had to start a business. I had no job by myself. No, so how do you, you access that? Give me one thing you do. For a person that courage? listens to us, yeah. You mean the courage? Because you're saying you have the awareness that your being is bigger than the fear, than the flesh and blood, Lucy. Yeah. So yeah. you have, so what's one thing that someone can connect that you feel like you're doing consciously maybe? Maybe on the little things, because I feel like in the big things in life, you specifically, you have that very strong connection to something that is bigger. I do. I had two really massive awakenings. Um, which I have to be honest. I have mm. to be honest. I'm a bit loath to say this because it feels inaccessible unless it's happened. But I also have to be true. Yes, please. I have to be true. And when these, what to call them, huge shifts happened in my system, everything changed. And mm. what had been their trust, faith, love in a whisper became the foreground of all existence for me. And that is the truth. I just, my house flooded last week. And I had all this chaos around me. I had firefighters and, and I was absolutely fine. Rosie went missing mm. in a shopping mall when she was about four. And I felt nothing. And I witnessed myself feeling fine. It's not a disconnect. It's mm. genuine. Mm. And so... That's what's led me, this deep connection with all that I am. And there's a whole lot around this. There's a whole lot that would be far too much for this podcast. Yeah. But it, it, it helps me to see that the human and her suffering is beautiful. It's important. It's by no means am I going to um, diminish the beauty of the human and her suffering and the realness of our suffering. It's totally real. That's why I work in this day in and day out. But it's only one small part of all that I am. And I just fall back into grace. It's like a movement of the of the energy. I fall back into grace. And Yonatan, I get scared. I get scared. I'm like running a whole house by myself with a four-year-old. Yeah. She's six now. 
you know, I, I some boys were trying to break in a couple of weeks ago. They were throwing fruit at the glass door and and it was just me and her. And I, you know, I it's not that I'm not, I don't feel fear or weep. Sometimes I sit on my couch and I weep because I'm so tired. I did that last week after the flooding. There was a lot of peace during the flooding. My whole property flooded and I didn't feel it wasn't a big thing. It didn't, I didn't suffer. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm flooding. Okay, fine. Mm. But I was exhausted. I had to clean all the shitty mud off everything, try and get my calm my daughter, get her to sleep, cook her dinner. You know, had all my clients that I saw, all the things, had to blah, 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 get the sparky around to fix it, just holding it all on my own. And so I get tired and I have a big cry and then I stand up and I keep going. And I, I see the movement of emotion and the energies that come through my body and I let them all. If there's sadness, there's sadness. And I cry. If there's fear, there's fear. I let fear come mm. through. And, Again, and it's I the just, surrender. Again, it's the surrender. Yeah. yeah. It's just a movement of life. Mm. It's an open fist. If you picture your fist open, right, and letting life flow through it, if we close the fist around it, then we suffer so deeply. But, you know, I think this can sound like a lot of wank as well because we can say this to people and there's something about needing to build a home in your own heart, needing to build. You talked about strength. It takes so much strength. That's what my child gave me. That's oh, could you repeat? Could you repeat? Could you... You've had suffering. Everyone we know has had suffering. Sorry, could you Whether repeat? Whether it's broken hearts, feeling lost, feeling inadequate, all the things. Could you repeat again that last two sentences? Because again, the voice went uh, a bit. We couldn't hear you. Yeah. Yeah, we've all had suffering, and I think what builds strength is turning inward, turning inward to meet whatever's wanting to move in us and facing into the eye of the storm, right? If we're constantly running from ourselves, we can't really meet life. Mm. We can't really trust life. Like, if I can be here in the fullness of me for me, then I can be here to receive the fullness of life without fear. So when I left my husband, I left my job, what could happen? <laughs> you know? Mm. What could happen? Because I am me and I have a marriage to the truth of me. And this, we choose, like life is asking us, what is the meaning of your life every day? What will you do? What, where is your allegiance? And we answer every day with what we do. Wow. The choices we make, yeah. And it doesn't have to be heavy and serious, but we, the body, you know, that old saying, the body keeps the score. We know it in ourselves when we're not being true and when we are, yeah. So following that truth, yeah. And I think I, think I see it again more and more how much those <clears throat> you know like finding the courage or the bravery like what i asked you before is not a magic solution it's not something that instantly mm -hmm. you're gonna develop it's something you need to practice and it's something 
I guess the more oh, you cultivate that inner listening, yeah, that inner connection, the more you feel held by yourself and and by life. The more you feel held by yourself and by life, the more you feel the courage to do things. That is right. That is such a beautiful point, Yonatan. Well, it's not that we get to a perfect place. For sure. But we finally do But it. we improve. We improve, we improve, we improve, yes. we improve, we learn. Beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So we do, each time we step out in faith, we're rewarded. It might not be immediately, right? Mm-hmm. But down the track, we're like, yeah. Yeah, we we build these prisons around us. We build these safe relationships, safe jobs, safe homes, and we do it from a really beautiful, innocent place. We do it because we're afraid and we want to stay safe. And culture tells us to be good, to be accepted. We need these things. Mm. And instead of keeping us safe, they keep us in prison often because there comes a time where our emergence is calling life highest impulse is evolution so it's saying Yonatan grow grow and maybe our partner can grow with us beautiful beautiful we grow together but if not we can really atrophy we can stay small to stay with that person Mm. and then there's this disconnect from us from ourselves from from their beautiful emergence wanting to happen or we stay small to stay in that job you know and Mm. all of the ways that we shut ourselves down we shut the life force from out of our bodies. Yeah. And so practicing, I love that point. Just practicing courage. Oh my God, my knees quake. I'm like a little, a little deer and I wobble as I walk, but I'm fucking walking. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we do yeah. it and we lift our faces to the sun, to the sky, to the stars. And we ask, Great Spirit, be with me. Give me faith. I'm not asking you to rescue me. I'm asking you for faith. Show me. I often say, show me that you're with me. I talk to God, Great Spirit, all the time. All the time. You do. Time. You do. You do. Yeah, give me signs. I'm like, get, bring me a kingfisher, I'll say, or bring me this. Or Like it's a relationship. It's a love affair. It's a deep, deep connection. Yeah, and I used to think I couldn't find it in mortals. I used to think I can only find this with the muse or with the spirit. And I've learned in these years, no, it exists in other humans. And I've had these incredibly deeply connected relationships that have brought so much joy. There are so many of us who live like this. Mm. We just have to speak about it, learn from each other, open. Yeah. Wow, I need to digest everything we spoke about. <laughs> no, it is so awesome, honestly. I, I love really, our chat. I love our chat. Uh, yeah, we can go forever with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, one point where you were saying that was really, really touching me. You said, mm-hmm. I didn't divorce my husband. Mm-hmm. I divorce my unauthenticity. Yes. Or, or unintegrity. Wow. Yes. It's yes. like it's like it's like if I'm taking something from that sentence is like you live life for yourself not for anyone else you know like and and whatever action that you're doing is is just 
you you always bring the focus back inwards yes to truth what is true what is ta- what is true here where is life willing to move what is and, real and how and how would you move the, so with that reflection to come back inward so when you needed to take that step and divorce from your husband you said i'm divorcing from my unauthenticity I what did. what what happens like if you are in a relationship or connection or let's speak about relationships specifically because i think it's a very intense yeah. one that we all experience that's right and someone is telling you that they want to break up what would you tell yourself in that moment so someone that i loved and they wanted to break up with me he wants to end up the relationship with you but you really really want it you know like it yeah, was gosh really- pain so i would say okay I really would and I've this I can say this from practice I've had I've been single three years now it's been mm-hmm. um, amazing and I've had both ends I've had a man that I really cared for um, leave me for somebody else mm. and it would yeah he was like uh, can I have both of you and I was like no <laughs> and I was really heartbroken I was heartbroken and I've also done it to somebody else who mm. to a couple of people who really wanted to be with me and I said I'm sorry I have to be true and that wasn't easy because um, I cared for them and but yeah so, so, when so what do you do when me, the choice is not yours yeah when yeah, it happens to when you. it happened to me I said a, a heap so I can tell you the story we sat on my deck and he told me he's met somebody else and he's deeply confused and oh my god I felt so much pain you know that yeah. pain Where it feels like somebody's put a knife in your heart wow, wow, it was wow. so unexpected we were in the honeymoon period of like yeah he was sending me love songs and it was just and he was just I just this man was I just you know when you meet somebody and it's all levels you feel me it was like that and I was like wow someone exists like so I was really in the throes of it and yeah. it caught me, it caught me off guard and so what I did is I centered and In this home I've built for my this is really what I did this isn't bullshit words this home I built for myself and I watched the pain come I what oh my I could see the energy the current of pain 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 and he said maybe I'll think about it I'd like to to, to see both of you I feel like my god I've met these two amazing women and I don't know mm. what to do and I said I'm sorry that just won't work for me mm. and I said go with her I set him free and Yeah. I, I really did I said go with her and I and I I dropped him off then I came home I canceled it was Easter so I canceled all my plans I crawled into my bed and I lay in fetal position and my god did I weep <laughs> wow I, I wept. <laughs> I actually remember this guttural cry coming out yeah. of and it was honestly it was bonkers it was waves and waves and waves of grief wow, wow. It, it, and I and I saw my father who had left me um, mm. when I was in my mother's stomach I saw all sorts of things who knows but I felt like I need to process the grief of abandonment oh, of, being, yeah, yeah. of not being enough of who chose somebody else you know I kind of pushed him as well but He chose that grief yeah. you know, somebody cho- you're not the chosen one you're not the special one oh mm. my god mm, mm, mm. grief of just inadequacy and pain and and yet knowing that we are sovereign beings 
So this man is sovereign. He is allowed to choose, and I will always support that in him, yeah. right? So choose. My job is not to stop what your choice is. My yeah. job is to feel the pain. Life is invi- My belief is that life is inviting me into some pain, and that is for me. Right? Wow, wow, wow. That wow. sounds fancy, but it's not really. It's not this self-righteous kind of martyr oh look how good i am at processing pain it was fucking awful fucking awful right but but we meet it and then i went on to do that to somebody else and what it does is it tenderizes us it opens us this pain it opens our hearts yeah you know to be honest i'd been with a man in my marriage that loved me so very deeply and i had left him i devastated him. he was devastated Mm. and so in many ways, my heart needed tenderizing and some humility and all those things I can say. Now, mm, when, mm, I want to say this. When we, when we are really in allegiance with our truth, we always serve the other. We always serve the wow, other. Wow, wow, wow. Yes. So, say it's a good point. With, yeah. Say I've stayed with my husband, right, for him mm. and for Max. Oh, I don't want to break his heart. Oh, he's moved from Ireland. Mm. He's in another country, he's here because of his daughter, all the things. I would never have served him because I could never have loved him in the way he needed or deserved because we'd completely grown apart. He's working in the bank and I'm having all these deep awakenings and wanting to wanting to connect in a, in a different kind of level. And So as I left him, I knew that me sticking with my truth would enable his, and it's it's happened that way. He has a beautiful partner now, mm. a beautiful partner who I love, and I'm deeply happy, the two of them, you know? So mm. what you touched on, yeah, it wasn't divorcing him as it was, it was divorcing my false self. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one culture tells us to accumulate, the roles, the masks, the ideas that are sold to us. I divorced that, and when we come into that place, Existence cannot go wrong. It's a divorce of denial and end mm. to an era of authentic living that had been so ingrained in me and so far below consciousness, I hadn't recognized it. Except that I'd wonder constantly, like so many of us who live in our suburban lives or in our jobs or whatever, why do I not feel happy? Why do I not feel dead inside? You know, and that's the cue. That's the cue. Feel the pain of it. I just, I feel the pain, and I let it in, and I know that it's weather. It will pass. Mm. You know that it's weather. That's so poetic. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm telling you why I also raised that point because that is something that is present in my life <laughs> now. In the past few weeks, like feeling that I'm really there, and the other person saying that they're not really there. And God, that pain for sure. Like I know exactly what you mean. Really weeping, weeping, weeping. Like <laughs> really. But I feel um, first of all that to allow yourself to feel, as you said, you know, I probably need to feel pain right now for whatever reason that I don't know. You know, and yes. by instead of resisting by allowing it to happen, it becomes almost ecstatic. You know what I mean? Like that surrendering, like it's not me trying to fight it. It's me letting that pain, that grief to go inside and out 
from inside out. And another thing that helps me with that is to say to my, to remind myself, you know, as you said, I really liked what you mentioned about the sovereign being. We all have the choice. And more than that, I'm saying to myself, you know, if I'm a full yes, a full fuck yes for a person and they are not the same for me, then it's not for me. As yes. simple, as simple. And I want something like I, I, I want that synergy. It's we talk now about relationship, but it's true for anything in life. I want to feel a full fuck yes, and I want life to reflect that to me. And if not, so I understand that I need to trust. That's more of the practice that you shared before, and surrender. And there is something probably better waiting for me, where it will be aligned in synergy, in work, in food, in name it. It's I think it's true for anything in life. I love. Can I share something with you that I think might be relevant? Definitely, please, please. What I've learned through that pain that I went, you know, I've three years single coming out of a relationship where I was adored. He always loved me a bit more than I loved him because I was scared. This little girl who grew up in the hood needed, didn't know this consciously, but needed to stay a little bit out of her relationships because she was guarding herself, right? Mm. And when I came out of my marriage, I said to life, you know how I, you and I talked about we're allowed to ask for what we want. Yes, we're mm. surrendered doing the impulsive and I said I want the real deal and mm. I want deal for anything less I want deep wholehearted connection physically emotionally spiritually and I know I'm not asking for too much that is what I want or I'll stay with my own heart that's what I said to the universe my god I did not know what the fuck I was getting myself in you really why <laughs> And this is what's relevant to your beautiful heart at the moment, your tender heart. When we make a claim like that, I want I want to love in this way. Yeah. Life looks at us. Life looked at me and said, well, darling, you've grown fat and entitled in your marriage. Not fat physically, but fat emotionally. I was just like, I am entitled to all the love of the universe and I don't have to do much. You know, like I had that in my body mind and life got a chisel and a hammer and it said we're going to carve you into the woman mm. that love so you need some humility here you need a tenderized heart you need to open deepen soften learn a whole bunch of lessons which i've learned over the last few years I've learned so much you know like if that person leaves you who you deeply love i would see it as a gift from the universe making you into the man you need to be to truly love the next beautiful thing that comes your way mm. yeah it's just making you like how much you'll appreciate the next one you know mm. how much you know because you left your last girlfriend and you probably maybe i'm guessing um you know, we dance off into the sunset, or at least I do. I kind of went, yay, I, you know, we love them, we miss them, but we're the ones that leave. So there's a power, there's a difference. There's a power imbalance. And having someone leave us and suffering is so good for us in that way. It softens us, gives us compassion. I felt compassion for Patty in the way that I'd hurt him. And mm. 
was always compassionate. It's not that I was an asshole, of course. Like I was kind and considerate, but yet I was hurting somebody. And yeah, I think there are ways that life shapes us into somebody who can truly love better and receive love better. Wow. Yeah, through pain. Yeah. But I'm I... so sorry that you're going through that. I know, I know that place. And oof, it's probably the worst thing, right? I think, to be honest, um, I feel, I feel now, now after those few weeks, I feel way more um, liberated than anything else. To be honest, um, because I, I, I feel that it pushed me to trust the process of life and what I need to learn and what's life for me. And not to try to, um, I don't know, as if I know what's right, yeah. kind of. That's that's giving over. That's it is, just... it is, it is, it is, it is. And um, as I said before, it's like only if only when I allowed that pain to sink really deeply, it turned to almost ecstasy. Right, the ecstasy in the heart of existence, right inside sadness is is the sweetest thing. I once spoke to a man whose daughter had died, and he said, you know, right in the middle of the deepest sadness, he said, this is going to sound crazy. He said, mm. there was joy, there was sweetness, not joy. He didn't use the word joy. He said sweetness, right in the center of the, the grief. Mm, mm, mm. Sweetness that she lived, sweetness that I knew her, sweetness that feeling grief like this knowing it means i loved exactly the gratefulness yes. the gratefulness for sure for sure and i admire that about you you know i really admire that about you i have done in our friendship like letting people be what they are you know when when we were hanging out at the cafe a, a week ago or whatever mm. we were talking about this breakup and you were saying you were saying no matter what I have to let go, like I have to let life move. I have to let her go where she needs to go and be who she needs to be. And, mm, mm. and if she's coming back, amazing. And if not, and you know, that's beautiful. There's an mm. energy language that we all speak. She, she feels that energy, you know, that place, you know, sometimes the energetic language, you know, you can feel when someone's really pulling at you, clawing at you. It can be louder than than the words we actually speak. Than yeah. So just, and every time we feel that grasping, which I know we all feel when somebody we love is leaving, oh, we can just relax the grasping. We can go into that place, into that portal of our own hearts. But the call of, of loneliness and pain, what is it asking? And I love this beauty of what you're saying, the ecstatic nature of really feeling mm. because being alive is it's like, a lot it's life yeah i'm it's alive life. i had that thought after i divorced and i had the pain i thought Do you know what i'm alive i'm, I'm alive yeah i'm I, even the pain I, I want it all i want the pain the joy mm. i'm alive yeah learning to hold your pain with pleasure oof and it's right, and then that's wholeness. Wholeness. Wholeness, wholeness. 
as long as we're in a body and flesh. Actually, that's the true liberation in a way. Because trying to pursue only being happy or feeling good, that's exactly like pursuing the white fence, the whatever we spoke in the beginning. Rather saying, whether it's sadness or pain or love or whatever, I'm okay to hold all of that. It's fine. I'm going to allow everything to flow. Buddha said a really interesting, uh, there is a quote Mm -hmm. that he was saying, um, if there is a hell or a heaven, you know, send me to hell because I know I can be fine in whatever, you know, I have no problem to feel whatever. So spare someone else's place and send me to hell if, if it's existing. Wow. Amazing. And I love that. That's true. And that's freedom, like fearlessness. Freedom, freedom, yeah. I got that from my childhood. You were saying, what gives you the courage? I'm like, well, I had nothing for so many years, for 18 years. Like, mm. to to lose my house, my marriage, my job, it's easy when, it's not yeah. easy. Like, it's okay. I know that that my own heart holds me, my own vastness. Yeah. And you're saying that, like, we can process all these things because we're vast. And mm. every do it, we teach ourselves that, right? We get this imprint of, capability it's okay yep it's painful so this guy's just left me for someone else oh my god it's pain so I go in my bedroom I lie in my bed and I feel the pain and I know that I'll come out of the pain because I'm fast I can take it yeah it's like it's like stretching us it's like stretching our container to be able to hold more more of life of everything that life is yes it's potent it's potent. So when we have an idea, I say that in quote marks of spirituality as only these, you know, spirituality isn't about the accumulation of good feelings, right? Oh, I'm only spiritual. I was just talking to a client about this earlier today. Oh, I'm only spiritual if I feel blissful or happy and I'm somehow failing if I mm. feel sad and great. No, 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 no. Wholeness includes everything. That's We see this mirrored in nature. There's mud and muck and then there's sun, you know? And so we too contain all of those things. And when we can allow all of us to be here, that's freedom. Mm. That's liberation. And the beautiful thing is when we meet another being who is doing that. Because if I allow all of me to be here, I can be with you and all of you. You can rage and war. You can cry. You can be what you need, and I'm here like a mountain. I'm just here, mm. like a steadfast, right? And then we're together in this place. Yeah. Yeah. We're not trying to get rid of it. Yeah. And children teach us this. I marveled at this. You know, they scream. Something hurts. They scream and cry. They kick. Yeah. <laughs> and then half an hour later, you see their faces filled with joy. I mean, yeah. sun, because they have processed through the body the energy that wants to move. Whereas adults, we say, I shouldn't feel that way. I'm, we make ourselves wrong yeah. somehow. And so I shouldn't feel sad or I shouldn't. Blah, blah, blah. And then we hold it all in the body and it gets stuck. And we wonder why we feel so heavy. Mm. Yeah, filled with it. So feel it with that fearlessness and then that ecstasy enters in the heart of existence. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we will need to finish, my love, although I can stay here for another five hours. <laughs> done that many times and I'm exhausted. Wow. I'm sitting in a dark room, actually. Like... Me too. <laughs> it's getting so dark. <laughs> but so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for you to come here and be able to share so authentically. And I'm sure a lot of people going to resonate and in that note like I'm very very happy to hear your feedback anything at all anything you you want to say anything you want to share any questions that you guys might have anything you agree anything you disagree I really want to make it alive and co-create and learn from each other and see different perspectives so really feel free to contact us um I Is it okay for you if I leave your contact details in the description? Of course. Yeah. Definitely. So Lucy's contact details will be in the description. I really feel like we should do another episode because there is so many things we haven't spoke about. Parenting, we haven't spoke about your new book or for all your poems. <laughs> and so many things. And so, yeah, that's just a little shout out. Maybe it will happen, guys. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually starting a, a community like a Sangha in uh, a couple of weeks, which people can, if they find me on Facebook, they can find all the information about that under Lucy Grace. But yeah, just like-minded souls coming together to share our heart questions on the path. I'm, I have private sessions with people, but they're fully booked right now. Though you can join the waitlist or this, this Sangha is a way to, to come together together. Um, And yeah, just talk about these issues and talk about the things that arise on our, our human path, which is the spiritual path. Exactly. So yeah. definitely check out Lucy's page. We're going to have all the details in the description. And do you have anything you want to share, you know, as a finish, anything you want to say to someone that might hear us, anything at all? And no, I feel like I have said all I need to say and I'm just wishing you um, love for your beautiful heart as it's moving and healing and yeah no I feel like we've said so much here mm. yeah beautiful thank you all for listening that was so epic <laughs> to me personally and uh, hopefully for you guys and And we are here sending you many, many, many blessings and much love. See you next time. Much love to you all. Bye.